Hello, hello. This is Ali Tedlawi. Welcome to Talk to Me About Food, a podcast about the forces impacting the American consumer's food choices, seen through the lens of a consumer researcher, consumer, eater, human, me. In this show, I muse about the foods we try and buy and explore how we are or will be making, shopping for, preparing, and disposing of foods and beverages. On this episode of Talk to Me About Food, I share snippets of a conversation I recently had with Amanda McLemore, a chef who promotes sustainability. Amanda started Chicago-based baguette and butter in 2010 as the first sustainable digital food space. I discovered Amanda exploring IKEA's virtual greenhouse event in late 2020. She was one of the featured guides to sustainable living at home. I was sort of taken in by the Art of Cooking Mindfully, an instructional video on how to reduce food waste in the kitchen. Over the course of eight minutes or so, Amanda constructs a charred cauliflower salad with pickled grapes and fresh ricotta. For starters, she uses all of the cauliflower, except for a couple of wilted leaves that are tossed into a composting bin. The ricotta is made from milk about to go off. You can bring grapes lost in the back of the produce bin back to life by letting them marinate for a day in red wine vinegar, honey, spices, herbs, and vanilla. Amanda generously agreed to talk with me about the sustainable kitchen as she sees it. I first asked her about inspiration. It, it was just something that I, I, I always was curious about, but I just, I don't know, I just never did anything about it because, you know, I wanted to cook. Uh, and so I, I went through, I was in three different colleges. So one, I uh, was in business and then started to kind of go through culinary schools. And the last culinary school in Chicago that I went to, Kindle, uh, was really where sustainability started to make sense uh, and mm. really kind of click into play for me. Um, they had a, a garden out front and I started to kind of just ask questions and get involved. And I mean, just being in the city, there's, you know, you're in the middle of the city with the school, you're going to the farmer's market to get inspiration. And even though I was learning a ton in culinary school, it was really interesting to me that it, it, didn't, it didn't feel completely connected. Even though we did have that garden space, a lot of the classes didn't really center around us completely engaging and growing the food and harvesting it and understanding the, the ingredients in their own. It was very much kind of like we were the manipulator of food. And as I was going through internships, I was reading a lot of library books on nutrition. Um, I read a lot of Marion Nestle, yeah. learning about the grocery store and, and everything like that. And, and I've always been very much, I, I worked in a lot of grocery stores growing up as well, but um, very obsessed with just kind of grocery stores and just all, all of the ingredients, just the, the essentials to that, what make up our food. Uh, and so it was really interesting to me that I didn't feel like I was completely connecting to that food while I was in culinary school. So mm. Um, once I graduated, I moved back. I'm originally from Detroit. I moved back to Detroit, uh, for two years and I had baguette and butter at this time. It was just more of a food blog where I was just writing stories, explaining what was going on in culinary school. And I really wanted to figure out how I could challenge myself to learn more about my food and to learn more about, you know, the, the, you think of the old school original way of how we all lived and we had farmer's markets, we had gardens, everything was very much a, a closed loop. And it 
seemed like it was almost impossible to do that. So in 2016, I was like, I'm going to give up the grocery store for a year. I'm going to detox it. I'm going to go to the farmer's market. I'm going to grow my own food. I did this in December in the winter. (laughs) It was a very bad idea. Uh, I had potatoes and pears um, and I was just eating. I was like eating foods and I was trying to learn, you know, I just graduated culinary school. So I was not this fancy cook at, I was, you know, trying to still practice and learn. And so I was eating a lot of meals by myself while my family just eating other stuff. And it was, it was really weird to experience that because you started out in winter where you go to the farmer's market and there's not a lot of food in the winter and you're starting to really understand, you know, if we're in the middle of winter and we're getting asparagus, it's most likely coming from Peru or Mexico and everything that really has, and even just trying to figure out how it's grown um, and the processes that, that influence that and that, that the resources it takes to get to us. And then it, it kind of, all the, all the pieces really started to click for me when I started to grow my own food and then watch it go to waste. And you see how much water and work and effort it takes. And so you kind of get a respect for the, the whole process, whether it's just the, the planet or the person that's growing your food or transporting your food to the person that's preparing it or preserving it. And you feel included in that process. It's no longer just, Oh, you know, it's always at the store and it's always there for me. And, Obviously, the pandemic has made that more real to everyone now. We've yeah. you know, all experienced some form of going to the store and it not being there and not being available. And that, that shakes us. You know, we, we're so used to that, that reliability. At, you know, we don't really, we take for granted where that food comes from and how, it, how long it takes to grow and how many people are involved in the process of getting it to us. So that's really where the the activism comes from and just the, the curiosity and the, the need for really explaining and teaching where I'm at today is really sharing my perspective and how I've learned it. Now I continue to learn how to be more sustainable and really heal myself and the planet all kind of together at once. I can imagine that going a year without shopping in the grocery store would open one's eyes to the complexity of the food chain and how much effort it really does take by many others to make food so convenient and affordable for the rest of us, but would also open your eyes to the environmental costs of the food system in which we participate. The thing is, middle-class Americans are understandably bound up in this system of food plenty. We value and expect all-year availability and super convenience. The cost of food as a percentage of our income has dropped for decades, so why should we complain? I mean, how many of us want to be more mindful, as Amanda encourages, when it comes to food? To spend more time and effort thinking about and shopping and preparing and disposing of waste, even for the sake of sustainability. Amanda suggests that for folks to adopt a sustainability mindset in the kitchen, things have to be simple and simplified, starting with the design of the kitchen and the contents therein the way that we really interact with the kitchen that has to change. And, and that's why I find it so important. And I, so my, my program that I'm running now, it's called a concierge on my site. And the first series that we're, we're in the middle of adding, adding content and classes and things like that, it's called the simple kitchen. And so really what that, that course does is, and what it has done for me as many times as I've torn apart my kitchen and really been taking note. I mean, it's been five years of me just like, taking everything out of the cabinets, rearranging things, taking notes. And it, it, it was insane to get here. But the, the, the core of the, the class is really 
getting getting people to understand that it's really one uh, just bringing to attention our 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 need for so many things in the kitchen that we don't really need that many things. I mean, there's so many kitchenware companies and even now sustainable companies that want us to have, like you said, the Instapot is very popular and all these different things are constantly coming out that are teacher are telling us that it's making it easier for us to cook. And even if we're, you know, we have enough cabinet space to put all this away, it kind of weighs on us in a mental way where it makes it more difficult for us to actually cook at home. And so one of the, one of the first few things that I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of minimalism and um, Marie Kondo and things like that. That's how mm-hmm. I also kind of really re- rearrange my home, but there's not really a, a centering around the kitchen and how we can intentionally really curate our kitchen in a way that doesn't have as much cookware and things like that in there, but also that um, focuses on just high quality cookware. Cause I, I think for a while we've had a lot of just really cheap cookware. I mean, a lot of those small appliances are built to break down and, and it's, it's a little bit more difficult to figure out from a non-chef standpoint, what you really need in that kitchen. So what I teach people before it's even about, you know, diverting food waste or introducing composting or anything like that is really to get those items out of our kitchen that we don't need mm. and to really start to rearrange them in a way that can optimize how we cook. Because if, again, if it's more, if it's more complicated to run around looking for a spatula here or you're, you know, from, uh, rummaging for a bowl, these little things make it harder for us to be intentional about what we're doing with our food. So the more, you know, we, we open up a cabinet and things start to fall out, the harder it is for us to, you know, have all of these, you know, leftover radish tops and want to do something with it later. And it seems like something that is so little, but a lot of times, you know, people get off of work. And even if you're commuting home or you're working from home, you're already really tired. And so you have to kind of think of how can you make it easier in a kitchen and design it, organize it easier so that it, it makes it easier for you to be more sustainability, sustainable, uh, where you're you're using that energy to kind of think ahead of what you want to do, and uh, mm-hmm. so one of the one of the biggest things I teach in the simple kitchen is I call it zoning, and what that really does is it's kind of like a restaurant kitchen, so to speak, right? You you have your dish pit, you have your cooking line, you have your prep area, you have your pantry area, and even though all kitchens and restaurants are different, they always have these little stations, regardless if it's a large kitchen. Um, in a hotel or if it's a smaller kitchen and just like a mom and pop kind of restaurant. And that's really the first way of figuring out where you need to be able to store things intentionally. So if you have, you know, your utensils all the way over by your sink, while it's maybe easier to put them away, every time you're going to cook and you need a spatula, you're running back and forth and you're expending more energy, mm. making it harder for you to actually focus on what you're doing. Amanda goes on to tell me about an opportunity to think about recipes differently. The second piece is that I, and I talk about in the simple kitchen as well, is really just kind of changing how we think about recipes. You know, we, we have a, a ton of cookbooks now, a ton of resources online. And a lot of it is, you know, you just have this recipe, you go out to the store, you get what you need for this recipe, you make it, and then you may have turmeric left over and you've only used it once in your life. And it sits in the spice cabinet for three years. And so creating more intentional recipes that say, okay, this is the ingredient that you have. Here's multiple ways of using it. You're a little bit more intentional about how you buy it or how you can utilize ingredients in multiple ways. And so that's kind of the other thing is really re or introducing a new way of 
how people can learn how to cook recipes and learn to be a little bit more free from the recipes as well, if that makes sense. She also explains the importance of her larder. The, the larder really started from, from that space of, okay, this is, you know, typically what would happen, right? You would grow your own food or you would go to a farmer's market and you would have to preserve your own food. And because I wasn't shopping at uh, a grocery store for a year, I really needed to make sure that I had something ready for that fall and winter season and, and trying to figure out, okay, how can I can peaches? How can I, you know, can uh, pickles, things like that. And over the course of time, I've really changed my tune on how I present it because it's not so much of in the in the more contemporary space. We don't really need to preserve massive amounts of food. You know, we have the luxury that we still can go to the store, even though things may not be available that we want. Right. But it's it's a way for me to have package free items. It's a way for me to have preservative free items. And so it's kind of in, in, in my head, it's very much a. Uh, activist stance on okay I don't want you know I don't want this you know packaged version of something that may have cheaper ingredients in it or some of the items that are more organic or really expensive and so for me to spend three dollars on a, a packet of seeds or on a plant at the farmer's market and I get a ton of tomatoes I can can my tomatoes and I have this package free tomato that didn't have to come from you know from far away it didn't have to have all this added stuff into it I don't have to be a part of Monsanto and things like that going on. So it's, you kind of take yourself out of that by starting to preserve. Uh, but the other, the other important part, which is why I kind of encourage people to preserve other than package free items, is that you start to learn about your food in a way that you wouldn't expect. A lot of people don't know how mustard is made or how mayo is made. And it makes it, 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 it just kind of makes you connect with your food more when you understand what's in it. And it makes you a little bit more intentional about how you eat, which obviously makes you healthier because if you constantly make mayo, which is not hard, but if every time you make mayo, you're kind of understanding what you're consuming a little bit more versus, oh, you can go to the store and you can get a massive jar of mayo and you can kind of just consume something that may not be super healthy for you. And if you're making it yourself, you're going to take a little bit more time and you might not want to even take the effort to do it. And so you end up choosing something a little healthier too. Uh, so the, the larder has a, a couple of different passion points for me, uh, but it's really just that transparency of what's going on with our food when we're preserving it. And I do feel that the more that we eat locally and sustainably, there's more fresher items that those larder ingredients are just kind of like the, the fancy truffles on top of whatever you're making. It's this little bit of, I don't know, something fun that you can take from the garden or you can even share or give away to someone that took a little bit of extra time. So I, I absolutely love being able to, to curate the pantry in that way. What I take away from listening to Amanda is that she wants to make us comfortable in the kitchen, comfortable and maybe confident again in our abilities, even excited or motivated for those of us who have been around for a while. For folks just getting into the role of providing food for themselves, it's about making eat-in occasions when you're making food more approachable so that we will want to devote more time to all that's involved with food and eating. Cooking mindfully doesn't have to be drudgery if you've got your space set up right and a flexible process. In fact, cooking mindfully can make you feel creative, resourceful, and self-reliant while doing good for the planet. 
Amanda is among a growing number of chefs, foodies, and lifestyle bloggers out there trying to help the average American meal planner and prepper to adopt a more sustainable way of eating. They're not hard to find. Check out www.baguetteandbutter.com for more about Amanda McLemore. That's it for this Talk to Me About Food mover and shaker profile. I do hope you come back for more.